0: If you enjoy this episode of Obscure Obsessions, please remember to rate us, review us, and subscribe. Thank you for your support.
1: And now, Obscure Obsessions.
0: She was a Midnight Cowboy, Love Boat, Golden Girls, Name of the Game, Marcus Welby, so many things. She plays the the Ned Beatty part. Oh, she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She played a, a character... Right on. Oh, Boynton is that the one with Eddie Dzen? Which one? No, uh, no, no. I was I was trying to buy some Eddie Deason vehicles the other day, but so many you. of them are out of print. That is kind of. Uh... I'm sorry. I'm oh, Brendan Vaccaro was also in Airport 77. Oh, okay. But so, yeah, Supergirl two or no, just Supergirl. They never made a Supergirl right. two is really not
1: very good. Good and
0: it, it's for me. It was fun because I would watched all those Superman movies, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you you discovered this new thing. Like discovering that, oh, there's a Star Wars holiday special. And actually, in a way, it was like discovering the Psycho sequels. Yeah. You
1: you came to them later. I mean, not that I grew up with those, but I knew of them for some time and just didn't end up seeing them until I was an adult.
0: When did we talk about those?
1: That was, I think, when Megan returned. Return of the Queen? Yeah, Purgatory. Yeah, because I really loved, well, I was so against for many years just the thought of them that I never bought them. See, oddly, I saw the original first, mm-hmm. and then I saw the remake, which I think was what soured my ability to even consider why would I go and watch sequels? Mm-hmm. But then I did come around to them, and I still haven't watched 4 yet. Yeah,
0: I still haven't gone to that one.
1: But Psycho 2 remains A really, really fascinating sequel. That's a big surprise because
0: obviously the first one is Hitchcock and has so much respect and regard for it. Yeah, isn't that? You've gone on record as that's one of your favorite movies of all time. I would put that in my top five. Yeah, yeah, and and that's certainly one of my Hitchcock favorites. Mm -hmm. And Anthony Perkins is so
1: wonderful. Everyone's
0: wonderful in that
1: one, but amazingly, he never lost touch. With that character. I was
0: thinking about that, too. What movie... Were, we've talked about this before, where certain actors, when they return to the part... Just drop right in. Yeah, or or sometimes they... Oh, I know an example. Um, Bill and Bill Ted. Bill and Ted. Alex Winter was
1: so clearly... The director of Freaked. Yeah. Uh,
0: Alex Winter. Perfectly. I didn't feel that... Uh, Keanu. Kind of ...really locked back into it. There's another glaring example that I'm not thinking of, or... I can't remember.
1: But Anthony Perkins in all of the ones I've seen. I haven't seen 4 yet. But if I understand correctly, 4 is the one where he's not really in it a lot because it's not only a flashback movie, but I think he had passed midway through the movie.
0: Uh I don't think he died. He died. Oh, he was definitely sick with HIV. Gotcha. Although 4 does have McGarris as the director. Yeah. Joseph Stefano who wrote the original, the original Psycho. Mm-hmm. And
1: it has the boy from E.T. Right. Uh, Henry Thomas he, and his mother. Is he young? That is, um Olivia, Olivia Hussey. Hussie. Yeah. So that one I, I got to get to. That one seems interesting.
0: But I love Psycho too Because that one has a really, really primo absorbing mystery.
1: Yeah. And I still maintain what I said in the previous episode. Which is that I felt... More creeped out in that movie because of the mystery of what's going on than I did in the first movie. I, I think most people, even if you're new to Psycho, know what the twist is before you go in. It's sort of like with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Right. In the book, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde,
0: you don't find out that they're the same person until the very last sentence. Okay. So anyone going into it has a totally different experience. And I would say that's probably true, I mean, maybe if you're five years old. And sure. you're watching Psycho for the first right, time. Right, you were
1: watching Mickey's Clubhouse, and then you watch Psycho.
0: <laughs> and he is real, and it's a good cast of, of actors in that one. Definitely. And so, uh, who is it? Uh, you can't beat Meg Dennis Til- Franz. Dennis Franz, Meg Tilly, and the director Richard Franklin, I told you, was a, a, st- a literal student of Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. And oh that's why I ultimately ended up watching them. Cuz
1: that was still during your Australia kick.
0: Part it was it was an offshoot, but I had heard Tarantino say that he preferred Psycho 2
1: to over Psycho 1. Over
0: Psycho 1. And I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I I
1: don't, but But
0: that doesn't that's doesn't take anything away from the it doesn't have
1: the, none of them have the exact artistry certainly mm-hmm. of the Hitchcock one. They're sort of like different slices of pizza you know one is the original so one might be the classic but two maybe is a meat lover's pizza where you get a little extra but it still feels similar to and then
0: the third one is the slice where you go to some really sleazy fast food 711 and it's that pizza that's under the the hot, the lamp. hot lamp and yeah. you're just really so hungry <laughs>
1: That you it don't care how dirty
0: and disgusting and trashy this pizza is. And you're going to s- eat it anyways. And you know it's not very good. You know it's trashy uh-huh. and sleazy and grimy. But it's a guilty pleasure. Yeah. And that's what Psycho 3 is.
1: Psycho 3 was really interesting because...
0: Well, we had started to watch
1: it. Yeah. And I was
0: tired or something. We, we only got to the part where the nun dies, I think. Uh-huh. And then... We eventually
1: watched it yesterday. But what did you... It was surprising to you, you said. I think it's interesting because... I think it's noted pretty well that... That was the one that Anthony Perkins actually took up the directing duties of.
0: And I think that was like a case of... We're desperate to make another psycho. We'll do anything he wants. Uh And
1: what he wanted to do was direct. It just seems interesting too. With him at the helm. Not that it was badly directed or anything Mm. in that regard... But it definitely feels more grindhouse and it actually felt to me more like a product of seeing slashers that had become so overexposed in the 80s it felt more akin to jason voorhees and the michael myers and the where they almost became exploitation movies in their later years.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a good thing to note. It's definitely the exploitation grindhouse of
1: the Psycho psycho movies. movies.
0: And I, you're, I can't quite place what about it visually. I know what story-wise makes yeah. it trashy, but you look at it and it's the same aesthetic as the second one, mm-hmm. and yet it just looks...
1: There's there, a dull quality to the color, maybe. There's also... It's, it's washed out. If I remember correctly, there's a lot less scenes in the daylight. Mm. And when they are, it's... it's not a old, lot of sun. Yeah. it's
0: Yeah, it's sort of shadowy, overcast. There's very little color.
1: Just general. Just
0: generally, other than... Even the blood is more orange. Mm-hmm. A, a darker orange than a bright red. And it does have that feel. If you've seen those, I mean, the most famous examples are those uh, ones that Tarantino, actually T- Tarantino and uh, Robert Rodriguez did. But other movies like um, those slashy ones you mentioned, and it's not very appealing unless you like that grungy aesthetic and just sort of downright and dirty. And story-wise, yeah, it's so trashy and disgusting. Now, I've said that. Yes, I understand the first one has a guy keeping his mother's dead corpse in the house and
1: dressing up. But Much like we've talked about before, where the iconic shower scene makes you feel that you're seeing more than you actually are. Not to say that it's particularly high art or that it's particularly... There's an artistic touch to it. Right. This is just... Really, and I hate to be crass Boobs, butt, and gore I mean, it's just God. Forbid, you know, I'm so sensitive To, <laughs> to language <laughs> But it's really just as simple as There's nudity There's drugs There's sex There's violence And it's happening for 93 straight minutes And the part that we both liked That we did say, oh, that's
0: good That is perhaps the I can think of two or three moments that qualify as a director's touch. One is the scene where he goes into Maureen's room, or he's looking through the window. Right, where he
1: originally killed Marion Crane. Marion, and of
0: course, Maureen, what was her name? Maureen. Maureen, Something with a C. Uh, Coil. She looks like Marion Crane, Janet Lee from the first film. mm -hmm. And he goes in, and he's sort of having a flashback to... When he killed her. Which is not a bad idea at all. At first, I I said to you, oh, I hate when they do this because it always feels like they're lazy. They do that in Jaws 4 when uh, Mrs. Brody is having flashbacks of things she wasn't she there. She wasn't there for. But they redeem themselves because it's all the footage from Hitchcock. But when she gets stabbed and falls, it takes you maybe a second to realize, wait a minute, that's not Janet Leigh. That's the actress playing right. Maureen. So that was good. But- you're right. There's a lot of... I wouldn't say there's a lot of nudity, but there's enough it's, certain, it's
1: It's unnecessary. What, what do you call that? Uh, gratuitous. Gratuitous. It's, yeah.
0: The most The horrible. most obvious is the one with the... I can't call her what we were calling her because we'll get into trouble <laughs> because it was a, a bit coarse. But Dwayne, who's sort of the... I kept calling him... In my notes, he's Sleazo. Yeah. He is the... He wants to be a rock star. Yeah. So he's making extra money by being the front desk man, the the clerk.
1: uh He's doing whatever Megan's doing. And I forget if by that point he's been approached by the reporter character or not. But he's at the local dive bar. Yeah. And from Oh, it's it's afterwards. Yeah. So from across the bar, he makes eye contact with a group of... uh, 80s groupies groupies basically and he brings one back for a night of uh, coitus Coitus, interruptus interruptus.
0: (laughs) we spent way too much time watching movies together (laughs) but even that scene that whole sex scene is so disgusting yeah. Because she's doing some sort of sleazy dance. Is that
1: when he is shining the multicolored light He on thinks he's her? William
0: Wyler with the lighting.
1: But he's also fully just in the nude himself. He's
0: full on Sean Connery and Zardoz. <laughs> you know, where he hasn't shaved. I don't, oh, he's got two lamps and he's almost doing like a spotlight adjusting her. And or, it's, uh, it's what's like, that guy? Roger Deakins. Yeah. He thinks he's Roger Deacon. Don't
1: call him Roger Deacon. And he's
0: shining these these multicolored lights, and she's doing a dance, and she's naked. And then, of course, they have it, that they do it, do it, and he kicks her out. And she is shocked that this guy, this guy who looks so reputable, who looks like he really is looking for a relationship in the bar. Yeah,
1: she's amazed that he's the guy not... lives in a motel room. <laughs> is this a stable guy you want to spend the rest of your life with? She gets so insulted. And he kicks her out. And to be fair, this goes to show, again, this is not a good guy because he calls her some pretty harsh stuff and throws her out of the room. Worse than calling her a
0: battle axe.
1: Right. And he throws her clothes at her. And she walks fully nude to the phone booth on Bates Motel property. But she puts on a shirt. After she makes a phone call to someone or tries to make a phone call, she
0: realizes her
1: shirt is oh, inside no. out.
0: I don't want to look unfashionable around here. I'm so, so
1: unfashionable. So she takes her shirt off again <laughs> to turn it right side out. And then she's killed basically <laughs> in the nude again. Right, because she hasn't fully
0: put her jack her shirt on by the time she gets killed. Right. And I all and they were saying, Okay, well, we need a little bit more nudity, so take your shirt off again and don't fully put it back on. Right. Why she didn't just walk bare ass to the but this was maybe my favorite story logic moment in the whole movie. She's in the phone booth phone booth at the motel and she gets stabbed through the glass. So Norman with the knife stabs her multiple times. The glass breaks and everything. There's blood all over the place. The next place. scene,
1: Norman is polishing the glass on the... Do you have a spare... <laughs> phone booth <laughs> or did he just replace that one sheet of glass that he broke which i think more than one piece of glass i think all the glass because she was really flailing yeah okay and... i understand maybe you have glass
0: but you had it fitted already These that's pieces amazing foresight of... i understand you're a very experienced murderer uh-huh but you know how to slash people and get away with it so maybe part of that training is okay i have to have spare phone booth glass
1: to just at have all... it ready all at times any time
0: that's one of his necessaries, but the movie starts off in a way. It's a good example of establishing your tone.
1: Yeah. Right off the bat. That's a very good point because the introduction to Maureen, which is, I guess would be our final girl in horror movies. They typically have a final girl. Uh,
0: well, no, isn't the final girl, the, the, Oh, that's
1: actually a good point. Yeah. So the faux final girl in this case, Is Maureen Coyle, you said? Mm -hmm. And she is, I should say, in the blackness before it even (laughs) shows us anything. You just hear in the distance, There is no God! (laughs) Which, that pretty much sets the tone. (laughs) Because they're up in a bell tower? And she's a nun who is renouncing her faith? Well, okay, here's what, let me me check, because... I'm trying to go through my notes and see where I can find exactly her Because I don't know if she's okay so according
0: to Wikipedia she's an, a mentally unstable former nun I thought they said she is sort of a nun in training she hasn't taken her vows she's like that woman in uh, sister I can't remember what her name is in uh, Sister Act the one who doesn't have the full uh-huh. headdress or whatever habit because the key romance of the film Is that Norman Bates falls in love with a nun. Which is odd. But the nun falls in love with Norman Bates, which is odder.
1: That's true. And they have to, of
0: course, make the point that, no, no, she's a former nun or she's not a full nun Mm -hmm. because
1: otherwise it opens up a lot of questions. But
0: here's the truth. She's a nun. She's a nun who's horny for Norman Bates. Yeah. And anything from that point on is trashy. It's very hard to have a movie where a nun is having sexual feelings and then there's also stabbing going on.
1: Right. Well, on top of that, too, that the murder, the main murder of the series is one that kills because of their sexual urges. And that if I have to analyze anything
0: from a story point of view, that's an interesting comment or take to have the fact that. Norman kills people because of his sexual guilt Mm -hmm. that was put into him by his mother and that he, anytime he feels the urge to kill, or anytime he feels a sexual urge, it leads to an urge to kill. To kill. And that Maureen was a nun, but she had to renounce her, didn't take her vows because she was experiencing sexual guilt. So these are two people who are struggling
1: with sexual guilt. Okay, not a bad place to start. But also then why do we have to have the girl walk out randomly naked and then Well killed. see then there
0: are the part where the woman is killed on the crapper it's yeah. <laughs>
1: it's unlike what? in Babylon there's excess in this <laughs> yeah this but,
0: is sort of the babylon of psycho movies but, but in the beginning when they're on the bell tower marines having a freak out about i guess she's suicidal she's going to but i guess
1: it's the mother superior rushes up and is like ends berating her right she, she should not be on the
0: suicide she, hotline at the <laughs> abbey
1: <laughs> she, but she's rushing up to her like mrs brody to thea get off that rope
0: <laughs> and the mother abbott after her guilt trip takes another trip <laughs> but down and i understand that marie feels guilty but she didn't shove her she didn't selena kyle her it was her fault by accident, I if guess. If I were
1: putting myself, though, in the character's shoes, her actions did cause the death of another person. So I understand the guilt she feels. I mean, she was already planning on leaving the sisterhood anyway. So. Well, literally. Yeah.
0: I believe the mother of superiors line is, "Uh, you'll burn in hell for this. okay. Which is not the best thing to say to someone who's about to jump out of a bell tower. <laughs> but then it compound There's so much trash... In yeah. that first bit. Right.
1: That's the first few minutes of the movie. That's Before the, it even says Psycho 3. And then she goes through the desert, right? But then she gets picked up by Slizo, Right. Uh, Dwayne. I want to say his name is Dirk.
0: Duke. Oh, Dwayne Duke. Dwayne Duke. Yeah. Uh, who's on his way to Hollywood to be a, a celebrity. I'm, no, I'm going to be a He's going to be a rock star. Because I got to. Don't touch my guitar. Uh-oh. Uh,
1: Planting. Planting.
0: And unlike in the episode we talked about last week. Uh, Superman three where there was a good example of plant and pay yeah. involving the chemicals. This is so obviously telegraphed yeah. that he's going to, something's going to happen to him involving the and guitar. that guitar. And in that scene where he picks Maureen up hitchhiking, I thought, Oh God, it's going to be a rape. I know yeah. it's going to be a rape and I don't want to watch that. And it, it doesn't stop is... short of being a rape. It's minimally a sexual uh, attempted sexual assault. Yeah.
1: It, It's strange because, you're right, this is such a grimy and gross movie visually to look at that I'm glad they stopped before... And you almost fill
0: in the blanks yourself at a certain point, thinking, okay, I know this kind of movie. I bet it's going
1: to be something... There's going to be... Something. Blank. You know what the worst part of all this is, though? Is that... When he picks her up, though, from the car, yeah. remember he offers her some water and it's just in an open mug? He's traveling around with an open mug on his dashboard. <laughs> That's a key way to know that. Oh,
0: and then there's that very weird, bizarre time jump because they're, they're driving. Oh, you, you mean the f- when they're driving or when they go to sleep? Well, both because they, they stop. Right, they're driving, it rains, they stop and they go to sleep. Mm-hmm. There's a time jump. Sleezo's awake or Duke's awake and he's got a little uh, flashlight, flashlight pen and he's checking out her legs. He's sticking it up her dress.
1: And then he shines it in her eye. Right. And it's sort of surprised she wakes up, I think. I think that's what he was trying to get at. Yeah. Was he trying to wake her up? I, I, I don't know. I mean, do look, it. you have to be unless you're that dull.
0: And then he tries to assault her. She gets out and then it goes from there. Right. And that whole part Really in, in a positive way It says Okay I know now The kind of movie This is going to be mm-hmm. Wasn't Texas Chainsaw Massacre A, a Grindhouse movie
1: Yeah definitely I, I've
0: never really seen that But I've seen cl- You know Images Enough to know And it has that Because I, I guess It's supposed to be In California Yeah Or Nevada I
1: forget where they say No it's um It's, on it's the way to California, California To LA Well He holds the matchbox Right And it says Bates Motel Something California. Oh yeah. It's somewhere on the way to LA, but in the desert part. Right. I do yeah. love the random way they introduce Norman Bates where there's the birds that are fluttering outside of yeah, the house. A, there's and a canary. There's one that is, is Oh my god, I just remember. You remember that? <laughs> and it, it's it's laying on the floor, basically dead. I think you it see? is dead, isn't it? Oh yes, you're right. It is dead. Then you see the shadow of Norman Bates start walking up, but it lingers on his feet and legs. And it lingers long enough to let you know that Norman Bates went and got a fresh pair of <laughs> Nike kicks because that was really odd to think, wait, Norman Bates goes shoe shopping. But what's even stranger happens in the next scene. is Oh, when he's showing us his love of taxidermy. Yeah. Cause he's filling up the bird's body with sawdust, sawdust. and all the stuff. But what, this is how, you know, someone is a psycho outright. <laughs> Because he's pouring the sawdust into the bird with the spoon. He taps it off. And then he puts that same spoon he was putting inside didn't a even, dead bird. Didn't even clean it off. And puts peanut butter onto a cracker that he eats. And even more of a psycho, it's pure pan
0: peanut butter. <laughs> you were really hung up on that. I was really disturbed. A pure pan peanut butter is good for baking. <laughs> But it is not good for regular eating. Like my grandmother used to make it with uh, in peanut butter cookies. It's, it's fine. You add stuff to it, you know,
1: sugar, whatever. But on its own, it's disgusting. I was really disturbed. <laughs> but you have to be more mad of the fact that he's using that same spoon to fill sawdust up. I'd rather have been Skippy. Oh, Okay. okay fine. But it was
0: very, very disturbing. That was really gross. And I. And th- then there is that good little bit of. I have to say, a a good part about Psycho 3, I don't particularly like horror movies where the horror generates or originates from someone jumping out at you or Mm -hmm. a a, a, a jump jump scare. scare. And there was like in a movie called uh, Cocaine Bear. Right. Where where a bear breaks its hand through the glass or Or suddenly there's a bear paw right there. But this, the, the horror was maybe a little bit shocking. But for example, when he's... Sewing up the raven, whatever it is, and then it cuts to his imagination of him sewing up... A hand. Emma Spool's arm. That I did not like. We won't spoil it, but the whole thing... The treatment of... The whole
1: thing at the end, the... Because even that had us confused over, well, what actually is the real... Does that negate the twist from the previous movie? Yeah, makes it
0: less good, the twist in the previous movie. And they sort of introduce this mystery way later in the film. Mm-hmm. They have the reporter who, I guess she's, her initial idea is, okay, I'm going to write an article about, was it about the
1: death penalty or about? No, about um, the release of Right, criminals? where it was, I wrote it down here. She's trying to schedule an interview with Norman about the uh, insanity defense.
0: That's what it was. And she, of course, like anyone who has two brain cells, realizes that uh, this guy's a... Um, psycho killer and she starts to try and figure out norman and try to mm-hmm. um, almost find something for there to be wrong with him and then eventually stumbles on it that didn't interest me in the least and i i didn't find that character particularly
1: engaging no
0: in fact i wanted her to be killed
1: right she was really grating the more the movie went on yeah but and actually it- to your point of mm-hmm. the horror in this movie I still think two did it better, but a lot of what creeped me out in psycho two is when Norman is talking with mother or where he thinks mother is talking to him. And, but a lot of mother is happening off screen is audible, you know, is mostly just audio. In fact,
0: in all the first two, you don't really see mother, certainly in the first one until that famous part. Mm
1: -hmm. But in this one, this actually the first time we see Norman and his mother in the same frame, which was okay. I mean, I thought it was a, I guess it's the next evolution. And mother, by the way, is dead. She's a corpse. She's a mummified corpse. So she's, you're never actually seeing the mouth mover and another person. Right. But you hear her voice come out. Right. And they do that sort of,
0: which they do in Twilight Zone episodes where there's an evil doll, where the doll has some, you see the shot of the doll it cuts to the person that cuts back to the doll and the doll is moved. Mm-hmm. There's the shot where he looks at mother. She's laying there. Oh, and, and then, then she's the pointing and then it cuts another scene. He's well, talking, she's sitting up.
1: My favorite genuinely really creepy visual, which I think was masterfully done mm-hmm. is I forget who's standing outside of the house, but someone's standing outside of the Bates motel, looking up at the house and lightning strikes. Oh, um, uh, in the Maureen. distance. And remember, there's the shot, it lights up the whole outside of the house, but lingers a little bit outside of the window in Mother's bedroom, and you see the outline of the skeleton looking back at... Yeah, you can kind of see that there's something wrong, but but you you just don't know. You don't know for sure, and... And it's looking at her. Yeah. That, I thought, was genuinely very
0: good. That That was excellent. And it's those smaller moments of making you feel ill at ease that... You know, I don't like slasher movies. It's the only genre I really am not into. Yeah. And this is probably the closest I get to a slasher movie.
1: Yeah, I'd say so. I mean,
0: look, if you're a slasher fan, there is certainly uh, enough cuts
1: and slashes to please you. Well, this one, while two maybe had more shocking Mm -hmm. gore, this one I think is bloodier in excess.
0: Yeah, I mean, when the young lady... From the bar gets killed. That's Pretty a bloody. lot of blood. The toilet one is particularly bloody. Well, That that one is another example of where you get real trashy. And I forget exactly. Oh, and in fact, this starts to devolve into that slasher cliche of we have
1: uh, teenagers. Yeah, there's a bunch of randos to kill.
0: Which... But, but those, after I thought about it, some of them were teenagers. But then some of them were... Middle-aged people who are back in town for their local the big
1: game or whatever. Yeah, it's the big.
0: I forget what the, the teams are. And they're these middle-aged people. They're sitting on what was? Do you remember what the line was? Well, I wrote
1: down the really gross ones yeah, that it's... you made me write down. There's a uh a keg... the drunk. Remember it's the drunken horny bastards. Yeah, it's a <laughs> it's a keg party at sort of, the Bates motel. At the baseball
0: motel between games or before the games, and some of them are teenagers, but most of them are these middle-aged former students
1: student, right they're basically alumni of Yeah, the alumni school. who are back in
0: drunk and hanging out on the bed
1: but what was the line don't forget the one who's the main jock which i'm surprised didn't have any kind of comeuppance it yeah, was the he more heavy set guy yeah, yeah he says to his his gal yeah his gal you can twirl on my baton <laughs> that's right oh because he was the jock and she was right the... and don't forget that all cheerleaders have to boff their lineman. Right,
0: boff the lineman. That might be the episode title. <laughs> and then there's that one girl who... The geography
1: was not clear on the toilet.
0: Yeah, because she kill. goes from their bedroom from the boff the lineman guy.
1: Which is I, at the
0: motel. And They're, I couldn't tell. She she didn't look that old. No. That she, she was their age. She looked like a like maybe she graduated two years ago. But she she goes goes into the the
1: bathroom. No,
0: but she first she goes into Maureen's room because Maureen has passed out after her date with Norman. Oh, yes. And she taps Maureen awake and says, hey, honey, close your legs. Oh, oh, right, right, right. There's a a a lot of of drunken guys. And and she's being nice. And I I, I guess that's a moment to characterize her and to make her a little bit sympathetic that Mm -hmm. she cared about this other woman. And okay, And she then needs to have a tinkle. As we all do. What, what uh, uh I sipped out a tinkle. <laughs> How can we not reference Michael Caine in
1: this movie? Sure. In this episode?
0: She goes into... The, I'm almost 90% sure she goes into the parlor room.
1: Yeah. Which I think that was where I was unclear because... I was under the guise that she walked all the way up to the house. To no, be no, held. no,
0: definitely not. Because afterwards, he throws her body out of the uh, window. But she's she goes into the bathroom. She drops her, her pants, pants to... her underwear.
1: But we have to linger to see, but make contact with. And the that's seat. really
0: gross because it's a disgusting toilet. Ah. I don't want to see anyone tinkle. And she sits down, and she, in a strange way, a good use of sound. Which there was a few examples of it because she sits That's down true. and she shrieks and you're in this movie conditioned to think if someone shrieks, they're about to die. But she shrieks because she forgot to put the toilet seat down. lid Yeah, seat down. And then she gets up, sits down and she's gets her throat slashed and then she's thrown out of the
1: although it did have my favorite random use of the hand stabbing something where after she's sliced at one point, then there's a shot of the hand stabbing the roll of toilet paper. That, that was bizarre. Flooding. Why are
0: you stabbing the toilet paper? <laughs> there's a shortage, don't you know?
1: Norma must have really bad aim in her old age. <laughs> but, but also that I did think lead to again it is on the grimy side when Norman discovers that mother has killed this girl in yeah. the toilet. He runs overseas, her, and then he does the classic one where he puts his hand over his mouth, and he has to hide the body, but because there's this keg party going on, there's people running around, and he... Another good example of using sound. Yeah, and he throws... Does he throw her body
0: out of the window, or something like that? No, first he throws her body out of the window... And then he runs
1: around the side. And remember, there's those, the Bop Your Baloney guy. Yes. Or um,
0: Bop Your Lyman. Right. Norman hears her scream. Uh huh. And it's, again, the sound that makes him push to hide the dead girl's body against the wall.
1: And so he huddles over and her and assumes
0: a position that looks like they're involved. Cordis interruptus. Uh huh. But the guy, Bop Your Baloney, comments on it something about, oh. Someone's getting lucky. Someone's getting or lucky. Something. Again, a reference an allusion to whatever that's called necrophilia trashy yeah now here's where i got confused did he bury her body in the ice machine it's not an ice machine but it's that ice storage or is the
1: girl from the bar buried in there he had to have buried one though in the lake because remember when he eventually has yeah. to drive the car into the and water and i can't
0: remember who it is at the
1: end i think think that he killed the girl in the toilet i think he buries her in the ice machine i think that might be right because she dies second i'm just trying to remember though because remember there's that really gross scene where the sheriff enters the house and that was standing that was trashy but good because
0: the sheriff comes out Opens the ice machine. Ice, but it's not a machine. It's like a cooler. A big ice storage. Yeah. I don't know that it makes ice. Oh, because it's a hot day. So and that's, so he's that's re- good screenwriting
1: because it's established that it's hot. And he's reaching in for ice to cool himself down. But again, because ice is clear, you should be able to see through. But he doesn't. And he grabs a piece of ice. And at first, you only see the ice. Uh-huh. Then
0: Norman looks and it cuts to the ice in there. And you can see... The frozen, the hand sticking out. pale hand. Uh, she got Nora freezed. Uh-huh. And then... Cool potty. And then that you, you see a shot of some of the blood on the ice. Then the, the sheriff grabs that bloody ice, and it's this moment of, oh, God, is he going to put the ice, the bloody on ice, him? into his mouth? It's a sort of willy-wony. And then he does. And he does. <laughs> and then they cut to Norman, and he makes a sort of... There's a pleasure on his face... About that. Yeah,
1: and I feel like maybe that's a moment of... Because he didn't want the sheriff there anyway, since the sheriff is now implicating him in mysterious disappearances and things yeah, oh, of that be, matter. right,
0: because they realize that the girl is missing, the...
1: Um, the bar girl.
0: No, the uh, the toilet, toilet girl. girl. Oh. Because the drunk people, he says, they oh, really got right, halfway right, right. out of town. But the sheriff, as I said to you, this is the most forgiving town on the fi- if you Imagine. if you've done something abysmal
1: and you want someone to forgive you you're going Go to find out they, they forgive everything. everything but it's not just the sheriff because the people at the diner so when norman worked there in the previous movie the old cook who was berating him constantly in the previous movie by the way he's the first to jump to the defense uh, when the interviewer is trying to talk about, no, Bates seems like he's kind of a whack job. And they're like, hey, his mother died. He went and served his he's time. He's been
0: through enough because he bared up. That's <laughs> why. One, well, part number two. They <laughs> bared up. That's why. Maybe every episode I can do a reference to my Calvin Bouchard impression. And in fact, the cop, the, the, the sheriff, really is defending him through most of it and is sort of apologetic. Through most of having to...
1: Yeah, with maybe the exception of that scene, because yeah. he, he really barges into the Bates house. And he has a warrant. Which, how did he... he got it overnight. I think, and again, this is maybe my in-movie universe logic. Well, those are good. That, okay, we have someone who committed these heinous crimes back in the 60s. He's serving his time, and he's being released... Let's keep a warrant on file, just in a, a, a file ready I to go. I think that's
0: fair. Even though the movie never really suggests that anyone's remotely suspicious of him. Right. Because I guess they never... Who gets blamed? Oh, um, the aren't, sister got blamed. Marion's sister for the right. deaths in the first film. In, in the second, second film.
1: Yeah, and then aren't they... They're trying to also figure out the disappearance of Meg Tilly at one point, Right. But yeah, because no one is suspecting... He got away with whatever happened in the
0: previous previous film. one. It's also inherently less interesting because the fun of two is, will Norman be okay? Will Norman be able to hold it together?
1: In this one... And also, we're not sure in that for a long time if he is crazy. Right, because there are sort of other forces at play. Although, on the contrary... I did kind of like the idea of Norman
0: having a romance in this one. Did he really have a romance with Meg Tilly
1: in the second one? I'm blanking. I think a little bit, but because of what happens with that character, I think it's then undercut. But this one is more... This is outright romance. I love the scene where Norman takes
0: her to the early bird special. And then Norman shows
1: her how to slow dance. Yeah. Which, where did he have time to learn that? Maybe he and Mother practiced a lot in those lonely nights. You know, that's probably, the, as creepy as that is, it's probably the most logical.
0: But my favorite scene that's genuinely disturbing is when he discovers uh, Maureen's body.
1: Yeah. Which is that's ve- a really, it, really good it's scene. It's well
0: shot. It's well edited. With it, the exception of Maureen's actual death. No, no, no. I mean the, the one in the tub. Oh, gotcha. Where it feels really uh, shocking because she's in the tub and Norman, you, you see the knife, you see mother with quotation marks enter and she looks like she's dead in the tub. And you assume, oh, mother's killed her, but
1: she's actually committed
0: suicide, yeah, her, or her, attempted her, suicide. her arms rise out of the water. And as it rise out of the water, you see her slit wrists, which splurge blood, blood. You see that the water is actually filled with blood. And it's disturbing. Obviously, someone's cut their wrists. There's blood. It's also a gross, a bathroom. gross, disgusting. I, you know, we should have, we should have had Anthony. Uh, he watched, should have critiqued <laughs> that bathroom. He, he would have done that shot in Who Framed Roger Rabbit when he, when Roger runs through
1: <laughs> the class and leaves us out. It's disturbing on that part. But then what goes even goes crazier? Further is the again because. Maureen is a a former nun. Who's now experiencing not only sexual guilt, but religious guilt. Right. She is hallucinating in the fact that she's got this huge amount of blood loss. That Mother is the Virgin Mary. And that the knife. The knife that is supposed to kill her is actually a crucifix. The holy crucifix. (laughs) Did you know Jesus was a Jew?
0: (laughs) And that sets up this whole bizarre. I don't think. There's certainly no overt religious iconography in the other ones. Maybe they're implied because of of mother's Puritanism, perhaps. Maybe, yeah. But this is, this you don't is get more not. overt. The fact that this
1: you think that this famous murderer is the Virgin Mary. Well, and also, it's a weird angle to take because the first one is a fairly straightforward... And actually, the second one are both fairly straightforward m- mysteries mm-hmm. and murder mysteries, mm-hmm. nonetheless... It's an odd thing to inject religious guilt into this. I mean,
0: I I like the idea of the parallels of their sexual guilt. And if it was handed in a more tasteful way, then perhaps it would be less off-putting.
1: So maybe if they had Richard Franklin or another director who kind of had a background in making, I hate to say, high-concept horror... But it, it could have been handled maybe a little bit more carefully. If you, had,
0: if you removed the slashing and the body dumping and the dead mother stuff, it would be an interesting movie and you could win an Academy Award. It'd be Oscar bait. A lonely man has sexual guilt and a former nun has sexual yeah, that's guilt. True. Will they hold true to their beliefs or will they fall in love? Right. This just takes it in a horror angle. And nothing wrong with that. I don't know that it works in a tasteful way, no or but I enjoyed it. yeah, uh, for what it is. and then keeps going further, where she falls in love with Norman, they go on dates. There's that really uncomfortable scene right before the girl is killed. Where she and Norman are on the bed.
1: Right. And they start to do the nasty. Uh,
0: they do, I, I was actually thinking of the scene in uh, Muppet Treasure Island where Piggy and Kermit are kissing. And the pirates are watching and they start mocking. Ooh, smoochy. <laughs> gizzy, gizzy. Because obviously he's kissing a nun. I realize she's a former nun. Right. And she's kissing a psycho. Right. So it's disgusting on a lot of many conflicting levels. And then he goes home. Then she falls asleep. And then the girl comes and wakes her up. And I love that, you know, she goes up to his house. And it, I hadn't thought about it until this, just this moment. But there, it's sort of a reverse Romeo and Juliet thing. Remember there's that famous balcony oh, scene where Romeo okay. is talking to Juliet up in the balcony window? Right. And this, it's... She's on the ground talking up to Norman in the second floor. Oh, Norman,
1: Norman, let me in. And he goes, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I totally forgot that mother isn't fully responsible for Maureen's demise in this. Yeah. Is that weird? It kind of is, though, because
0: mother's off screen. Mm hmm. Again, a use of sound to be scary.
1: You hear the voice. Norman reacts Mm -hmm. in a frightened way. I think of the first time Norman comes home in Psycho Mm 2. He's back in the house by himself again. He goes upstairs and he looks at the phone. And then he's hearing Mother. And Mother's voice is getting increasingly louder and louder as it gets Mm -hmm. closer to the door. That really scared me. This was so jarring because... It's an almost romantic moment where you think Norman might be finally beating his demons. Might have a happy ending. And then suddenly Mother cuts in and it's really jolting. And it, it's emblematic of Martin Balsam's death. Not handled great. No, because life. obviously they, I almost feel like they purposefully
0: regressed their filmmaking to make it resemble how regressed and how right. limited it was for Hitchcock to do that Very famous scene of Martin Balsam falling down. And then she gets stabbed, a little bit of a spoiler, but hey, by the cherub statue.
1: Right. Which is, again, a little on the nose. A little
0: on the nose. I guess they had to kill her, but they didn't want it to have Norman kill her. Yeah. And in a way, it's the only way for Mother to inadvertently be the one to kill her without it being Norman killing
1: her. Actually, now I'm putting it together. She doesn't actually meet Mother Really? I mean, technically she does because she hallucinates her as the Virgin Mary. And
0: the reporter does eventually tell her. It's off screen. Remember, she takes Maureen by the arm and goes, Honey, someone's got to tell you what's going on around here. Mm -hmm. But she's in love with Norman, and she tells the priest she's in love, and she doesn't care about it.
1: Right. And she goes true. back
0: to him. That was another scene, the first scene with the priest, where I was certain something disgusting was going to happen. Yeah. I thought
1: the priest was going to assault her. Well and his performance was being done and led in a way where I was like, I don't trust you. There's a terrible
0: scene in Tyler Perry's Meet the Browns where Keisha Knight <laughs> where Keisha Knight Pulliam, See how I connected Psycho 3? I love it. Is a former... Is, is a recovering prostitute. Okay. And... Recovering prostitute? And, and Viola Davis, actually, is her social worker. No. I'm pretty sure, sure it's Viola Davis. Takes her to uh, a social worker, another social... Or a employment office where the guy is going to uh, help her find a job. Gotcha. But uh, he wants to... Her, she's got to help him. Oh, God. And then, and then Viola Davis... Maybe it's not Viola Davis. Comes barging in and... Oh, not, not Meet the Browns, excuse me. I got my Tyler Perry movies mixed up. Oh, I, I was referring to Medea Goes to Jail. Oh, of course. But that's, again, the movie is so disgusting that you start to imagine more disgusting things. Unlike in Babylon, where more disgusting things start in the first 10 seconds. And continue. <laughs> it wasn't quite so disgusting. The other part that I kind of liked involving sound, which I was very cued into, is when... Duke Dwayne, Dwayne Duke mm-hmm. gets killed obviously with his
1: instrument right a cook dies in his own oven
0: and they they have it it's this weird contrast with a Woody Woodpecker cartoon that was odd and I don't know why that was needed maybe because it's memorable I remember it I remember someone was killed involving Woody Woodpecker Woody in the background maybe the guitar is wood so I don't know it might be killing. drawing some thin parallels <laughs> but there. I thought that was an, an interesting I don't know if it was a, a successful choice yeah but pairing a cartoon in the background while someone's being killed in the although he's not fully killed so it's not a full-on spoiler
1: but and that was also what was so jarring is Dwayne and Norman have had a smattering of scenes together up to that point and dwayne has been fairly straight laced in terms of he's Seeming like a normal dude for a long time. Well, I don't know about straight lace, but he
0: does try to assault the nun in the beginning.
1: Yeah, but I mean, he's not showing much signs of Oh, you're right. I know what you mean, yeah. Then, when Norman goes to Dwayne's room, I forget the reason he's going there, but... Oh, mother's disappeared.
0: Oh, right. Which makes it... He's going even more insane. Yeah. (laughs) Because he goes
1: in there and Dwayne has... Stolen mother. And... He kisses mother to taunt Norman. But this is the thing that was so jarring is this switch where he's like, Hey, Norman, <laughs> I've you, got mother for you. I see what you mean.
0: You're absolutely right. It he's just happens. He's sleazy throughout it, but he's not psycho sleazy until this scene. And as I said, maybe if I was in a room, ru- we don't know how long he was waiting in there with mother. Maybe you go a little bonkers if you're staring at a dead woman in a wig. Yeah. But that was certainly jarring. But his performance was good. What did I say he was also in? Uh, was Oh, he was in Lost. That right. guy. Jeff uh, Fahey. F- Jeff Fahey. There's not really a lot of well-known people. Oh No. Wait a minute. Donovan Scott, who played Kyle, I'm not sure who Kyle was, uh, was in the first Police Academy movie. Really? He played Leslie Barbara. I don't really know much oh. about him. But I have to say, having watched, I don't particularly like the ending, which really unnecessarily complicated the psycho mythos. It also
1: made things just hard to follow. I don't understand the inclusion of it because it also negated what was a great twist in the second movie.
0: Especially since it was told to us while she was
1: screaming and panicked. Right. And we only, I mean, you and I only kind of came to a conclusion of what did it mean after the movie was over we turned it off so that means if you're watching the movie you're trying to figure it out there's so much bombastic noise and things happening that it's impossible to ingest i also thought
0: the actress diana scarwood looked like uh, princess diana Oh, is that the one with who... that with that hair? Well, no, she's the she's Maureen. Yeah, she's Maureen, right? And that was also jarring. I can't say that I hated the movie. It was fun. It had good scares, It had good kills, and we it haven't so really...
1: far goes in terms of it's like a one, two, three, and three is where three should remain. And we
0: really haven't mentioned
1: uh, Anthony Perkins, which you know you said it while we were watching it, and it is true. He is phenomenal at how scary he is, and.
0: What's so amazing is he doesn't really have to do anything, uh, at least overtly. He's certainly acting in his twitches and his pronunciations and enunciations Mm -hmm. of sentences and his mannerisms are... They're just unnerving. And perhaps some of that has to do with it being almost a residual effect from... His age. But but from his previous two performances, Mm. perhaps those were so strong that... It almost like the cup on Dwayne's dashboard right. overflowing. <laughs> Perhaps his performance was so strong that it overflows that you just see him. And in fact, that's what he had to deal with in, in his, his career. career. Right. Is he'd appear in a movie and people would say, oh, I'm scared. You could not have him in a comedy. It would right. be Very
1: difficult. You would see he'd him have to do a lot of work you, to...
0: or he'd have to be in a beard or something. Yeah. You would have to go a full uh, Lon Chaney senior And put on makeup or
1: Daniel Day-Lewis and really transform. Yeah. But he is so unnerving and and frightening. I think of the scene in which Norman, towards the very end, is dressed as Mother. Oh, And it's just a prolonged shot of... It's darkly lit, but you can see Mother's smiling with him wearing the wig. And it is scary. And her voice is coming out of And I'm
0: fairly certain yeah it wasn't um I don't think it was Anthony Perkins doing a voice. Uh I think it was whoever the actress woman doing is doing mother. Place. I'm trying to see if anyone's credited as mother. Uh I don't see anyone. But it is a truly uh, <laughs> crazy and yet he's also able to be sympathetic. You know you you feel, you feel bad. You feel for him. You want him to end up I don't know if you want him to necessarily end up with the nun. I'm I'm I'm, I'm stuck up. I'm I'm
1: having a hard time with the nun well and i think part. that at least in the way that he's portrayed in psycho 2 you just want him to not be crazy anymore mm-hmm. maybe that's the way i lean in the fact that you know it's a little icky that he's got a partner that seemingly is probably about 25 or 30 years younger. well there's that
0: part too but also the fact that she's a nun and, and okay, she—it's not that she was forced to not be a nun; it was her choice to not be a nun. Sure, he's not forcing her to live in the house with him. But
1: much in the same way that you can't separate Anthony Perkins from Norman Bates, mm-hmm. it's hard to separate this actress in the fact that yes, she renounced her faith, but she's—I still saw her as a nun at the beginning of the movie. And she also at one point is still trying to work her way back into the sisterhood when she's talking with the priest. And then remember, she later thinks
0: that you mentioned that great scene where the lightning flashes and she sees the dead Mrs. Bates. Mm -hmm. She then says to the priest in another scene, I bet that was the Virgin Mary also. It was a sign and she's psycho too.
1: Yeah. but but Psycho for
0: something else. In a nicer way. And I have to say, having watched it this time, oh, and by the way, the actress who plays Mrs. Bates in this one is the same actress from Psycho 2. So it has to be be the the voice because she wasn't physically as a human being. I was surprised by how much I had fun with it Mm -hmm. that I didn't remember the last time. So you never saw this one before?
1: I don't think I have. I still think that 2 is a more interesting angle to take psycho and i think i would rather watch two but if i was going to watch two i would want to probably jump right into three afterwards that's
0: what i was literally just thinking i was uh, you know if i was doing if i was watching psycho one i would just watch psycho one but if i was in the mood to watch the other two i would definitely and now having watched it a second time i might want to track the evolution a little bit more that's true and I can't say that I would recommend this to someone who is just a casual person, but it's worthwhile, if, you, especially if you're a big fan of Psycho. Yeah, I would say you ones.
1: definitely should at least watch Psycho 2. But Psycho 3 is it's a similar yet different experience as well. So it's sort of like each part in the installments has its own energy and it has its own flavor that it's bringing
0: and because we've been talking about threequels i actually think this is compared to the other two sequels we talked about it's the best one it's the best one certainly in terms of feeling a connective tissue yeah from one to the other it feels like a Fairly natural progression of the story. I wouldn't necessarily have rewritten anything like I would with the other ones. Sure. There's no character in here who has no business being in here. (laughs) There's no awful uh, musical number in the middle of the movie. That's true. And I have to say, I was surprised by... What was your favorite shock or moment in the film? Hmm. What kept you up last night after we watched it? Figuratively, I know you probably... I mean... I was up to four watching The Monsters, so... Oh, okay. Well, that's what kept you I, up. I, I went to bed early, yeah.
1: I think that I was shocked by seeing a close-up of Anthony Perkins as mother and speaking mother's dialogue right into the camera. That was creepy. I liked the shot, like I said, of Mrs. Bates in the window from afar, and... You know, I just, I don't think I'll ever be able to put my hand into an ice bucket again without having to do a double take to make sure there's not blood in it.
0: That really disgusted me. Her raising her arms probably was, would have been the most disgusting thing if it hadn't been for them using sure. Peter Pan peanut butter. Yeah. That to me, I lay at night and, th- and thought all night. Oh why, God, not, why not Peter Pan. Why didn't they use Jif? <laughs>
1: obsessions 3 is directed and produced by taylor and nick Zaccario and is a co-production with tan productions special thanks to anchor for podcast distribution and to twin music and walpurnian music for providing the score be sure to follow us on facebook instagram and twitter for episode details previews and more and check out our blog at obscure obsessions for movie recommendations lists reviews and articles we thank you for your continued support you <music>